Welcome and thank you for accepting our invitation to this Bible study and reflection for August 18, 2021. Reading scripture on a daily basis will help all of us live into our church's vision of learning, loving, living God's Word. Let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for your holy word that both comforts and convicts us, but most importantly, reveals your Son Jesus to us. We give thanks in his name. Amen. Our study today comes from the book of Esther. The book of Esther is 10 chapters in length, and uh, I watched a Bible Project video on the book of Esther in preparation for this Bible study and reflection. It's about nine minutes long, and I would recommend it to you. I want to share this with you also, some of Tim Mackey's commentary from Bible Project. In the book of Esther, God is never mentioned, but his providence is everywhere. The author of Esther made a fascinating choice to not explicitly mention God in the story, but if you're paying attention, the threads of his divine work are all over the place. The book brilliantly features moments of coincidences and happenstance that save the Jewish people from Haman's plot to destroy them. This story is a reminder that even when God seems absent, he does not abandon his people. He works in our lives and stays faithful to his promises, even when we are living in the midst of exile. A classic story of good versus evil, the book of Esther is a unique account in the Bible. It gives us a glimpse of the Jewish people who remained outside their homeland after exile, particularly those living in the Persian Empire. God uses Esther and her uncle Mordecai, two exiled Israelites, to rescue his people from annihilation. It's a story of triumph and is still celebrated by Jewish people every year on the holiday of Purim. Now I'm going to give you a condensed version that leads up to our reading today. In the opening chapter of the book, we are introduced to a king named Xerxes, who ruled over 127 provinces, stretching from India to Kush, which is the upper region of the Nile. We are told in his third year of being king, he gave a banquet that lasted for, all right, you ready for this? 180 days. During that time, he displayed his vast wealth of his kingdom and the splendor and glory of his majesty. The story continues, and we find out that the king basically kicked his wife to the curb when she would not obey one of his commands. The king was in search for a new wife who would be crowned queen. This is where Mordecai and Esther enter the story. Esther won the king's favor and was crowned queen. She did not reveal her Jewish heritage to King Xerxes. Next, we are introduced to a character named Haman who was very full of himself and pumped up with self-pride. Xerxes elevated him, giving him a seat of honor higher than that of all the other nobles. It was Haman 
who would come and go from the king's palace, and he expected everyone to honor him by bowing down. Mordecai would not kneel down or pay him honor. Haman looked for a way to destroy all Mordecai's people, the Jews, throughout the whole kingdom of Xerxes. When Mordecai found out about this, he sent word to Esther that she was going to need to intercede, which meant she would have to confess her Jewish heritage to King Xerxes. This is where the story gets interesting. Esther invited the king and Haman to join her at two consecutive banquets. I'm going to begin reading midway in chapter 5 as Haman was leaving the first banquet. I will conclude the reading at the end of chapter 7. It's a little bit more reading than I normally do, but I think it's important to develop this story. There are many takeaways from this story in the book of Esther, but the one that really jumped out for me is, be careful what you ask for. As you listen to the words, keep in mind Proverbs 16:18. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. And here's the reading from Esther, beginning chapter 5, verse 9, through chapter 7, verse 10. Haman went out that day happy and in high spirits. But when he saw Mordecai at the king's gate and observed that he neither rose nor showed fear in his presence, he was filled with rage against Mordecai. Nevertheless, Haman restrained himself and went home. Calling together his friends and Zeresh, his wife, Haman boasted to them about his vast wealth, his many sons, and all the ways the king had honored him, and how he had elevated him above the nobles and officials. And that's not all, Haman added. I'm the only person Queen Esther invited to accompany the king to the banquet she gave, and she has invited me along with the king tomorrow. But all this gives me no satisfaction as long as I see that Jew Mordecai sitting at the king's gate. His wife Zeresh and all her friend, his friends said to him, Have a pole set up reaching a height of 50 cubits and ask the king in the morning to have Mordecai impaled on it. Then go with the king to the banquet and enjoy yourself. This suggestion delighted Haman and he had the pole set up. That night the king could not sleep, so he ordered the book of the Chronicles, the record of his reign, to be brought in and read to him. It was found recorded there that Mordecai had exposed Bigthana and Tiresh, two of the king's officers who guarded the doorway, who had conspired to assassinate King Xerxes. What honor and recognition has Mordecai received for this, the king asked. Nothing has been done for him, his attendants answered. The king said, Who is in the court? Now Haman had just entered the outer court of the palace to speak to the king about impaling Mordecai on the pole he had set up for him. His attendants answered, Haman is standing in the court. Bring him in, the king ordered. When Haman entered, the king asked him, What should be done for the man the king delights to honor? Now Haman thought to himself, Who is there that the king would rather honor than me? 
So he answered the king, For the man the king delights to honor, have them bring a royal robe the king has worn, and a horse the king has ridden, one with a royal crest placed on its head. Then let the robe and the horse be entrusted to one of the king's most noble princes. Let them robe the man that the king delights to honor, and lead him on the horse through the city streets, proclaiming before him, This is what is done for the man the king delights to honor. Go at once, the king commanded Haman. Get the robe and the horse, and do just as you have suggested for Mordecai the Jew, who sits at the king's gate. Do not neglect anything you have recommended. So Haman got the robe and the horse. He robed Mordecai and led him on horseback through the city streets, proclaiming before him, This is what is done for the man the king delights to honor. After Mordecai returned to the king's gate, but Haman rushed home with his head covered in grief and told Zeresh, his wife, and all his friends everything that had happened to him. His advisors and his wife, Zeresh, said to him, Since Mordecai, before whom your downfall has started, is of Jewish origin, you cannot stand against him. You will surely come to ruin. While they were still talking with him, the king's eunuchs arrived and hurried Haman away to the banquet Esther had prepared. So the king and Haman went to Esther's banquet. And as they were drinking wine on the second day, the king asked, Queen Esther, what is your petition? It will be given you. What is your request? Even up to half the kingdom, it will be granted. Then Queen Esther answered, If I have found favor with you, your majesty, and if it pleases you, grant me my life, this is my petition, and spare my people, this is my request. For I and my people have been sold to be destroyed, killed, and annihilated. If we had merely been sold as male and female slaves, I would have kept quiet, because no such distress would justify disturbing the king. King Xerxes asked Queen Esther, Who is he? Where is he? The man who has dared to do such a thing. Esther said, An adversary and enemy, this vile Haman. Then Haman was terrified before the king and queen. The king got up in a rage, left his wine, and went out into the palace garden. But Haman, realizing the king had already decided his fate, stayed behind to beg Queen Esther for his life. Just as the king returned from the palace garden to the banquet hall, Haman was falling on the couch where Esther was reclining. The king, the king exclaimed, Will he even molest a queen while she is with me in the house? As soon as the word left the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. The Harbona, one of the eunuchs, attending the king, said, a pole reaching a height of 50 cubits stands by Haman's house. He had it set up for Mordecai, who spoke up to help the king. The king said, Impale him on it. So they impaled Haman on the pole he had set up for Mordecai. Then the king's fury subsided. And now fast forward to the final chapter, which is chapter 10, and it's only three verses long. King Xerxes imposed tribute throughout the empire to its distant shores. 
and all his acts of power and might together with the full account of the greatness of Mordecai, whom the king had promoted. Are they not written in the book of the annals of king of Media and Persia? Mordecai the Jew was second in rank to King Xerxes, preeminent among the Jews, and held in high esteem by his many fellow Jews, because he worked for the good of his people and spoke up for the welfare of all the Jews. Now, if you remember in the Gospel of Mark, where James and John asked Jesus if one could be seated at his right and one at his left when he came into his glory, If you remember, when Jesus came into his glory was the moment he was raised up on the cross. And you'll also remember that there were two others raised up on the cross that day, one on his left and one on his right. Be careful what you ask for. I had a personal reflection regarding be careful what you ask for that I was going to share with you, but in order for this podcast to not run too long, I will pass on that today. I'm sure you have your own personal reflections regarding be careful what you ask for. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, most merciful God, when we mistakenly think you are absent from any given situation, please give us a tap on the shoulder and let us know that you are not and that you are always with us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Go in peace. Serve the Lord.